No, that's a different theme song, but it's to commemorate some friends of mine in the group Red House. I've got one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Ed Sumter, something, something, something in the studio with me. We've got so much stuff to talk about. We're live here on BNN Media. My name is Sharon Henson. My guest name is Edwin Sumter. We're talking about Red House and the elections here on another level. Don't go anywhere traditional Asian parents. Now my father would go to work before I woke up in the morning and then he would come home too tired to play with me. S-T. I tell my son I love you every single day. Now my dad has never said that to me. Not because he doesn't love me but because culturally it wasn't comfortable for him. So I teased him the other day and I said how come you never say that to me? And he said, you're too old now. Now that he's a grandfather, he says, I love you to my son every time he sees him. My advice to all the fathers out there, forget the material things, forget the cultural restrictions. They grow up way too fast for you to waste even a single precious minute or moment. Back here on another level, my name is Sharon Hinton. I'm here with my guest and really, really, really good friend, Edwin Sumter. M, how are you, Edwin? I am just wonderful, Sharon. I'm in the presence of the person I call the queen of our media, <laughs> as well as my good friend and my mentor. I'm only comfortable on the camera because you are the one who first put a microphone in my hand 30 years ago and said, go for it. But you know what? And, pra and you know, praise God for that. Um, when opportunity meets preparation, because yes, you were right. prepared for that. I was prepared. Because if you weren't, we would have stopped talking over 40 some years I, it's ago. It's so funny. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. We were at the Strand Theater about to interview EPMD. Our interviewer couldn't make it. And you said, Edwin, why don't you interview EPMD? And that was the first interview I ever did on camera. And again, that was 34, 35 years ago. So we have a clip yeah. from so many years ago when video I was doing a pictures. program <laughs> in pictures. But the video, um, which we'll get to in a minute, yep. not right now, mm -hmm. is um, a, a show that I did years That's ago, Cablevision Boston Brookline, right. Soundcheck. That's right. And we did some amazing. We did some amazing things. We did oh, we're some not going to talk about yes, that we're yet. Not, not yet. Hold on. We're going to talk about the election. Yes, stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> which is tomorrow. Can you believe it? So if you didn't register to vote. You are. 
<laughs> Shame on you. Shame on you. And if you are, hoo-hoo, right. because tomorrow you get to vote for these positions in Boston, actually across Massachusetts, governor and lieutenant governor, attorney general, secretary of state, treasurer, auditor, representatives in Congress, counselor, senator in general court, representative in general court, district attorney, sheriff, and then in Barnstable, Bristol, Dukes, Norfolk, and Plymouth counties only, Franklin Council of Government, Franklin County only, county commissioner. So that's Barnstable, Bristol, Dukes, Norfolk, and Plymouth counties only, and register of deeds is Bristol, Southern District only. So the ones that you need to know about, governor and lieutenant governor, yeah. and right now there's an opportunity to elect the first like dual um, a governor and lieutenant governor female right. in the state of Massachusetts ever. Yeah. And I'm not endorsing anybody, so you need to go to the ballot and figure it out and do your homework. Attorney general. Attorney general, if you have a business or a nonprofit, this is the person that regulates that. That's the job that reg if you have a problem with a business, attorney general. Secretary of State. Secretary of State, we've had a person in there for a while. Um, one of the people that I was looking forward is not to is not on the ballot. However, regardless, I'm not endorsing or not endorsing either person. What I am endorsing is for people to go out there and vote tomorrow from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. You have an opportunity to use your democratic right, your opportunity as American citizen. Let me couch that with saying that right now there are efforts across the country I'm talking to my black people, efforts across the country to eliminate the vote for people of color, but specifically for African-Americans who in this country died for the right to vote. If any of you have gone to the movies lately, there's a movie called Till, about Emmett Till. Mm. That happened during the era when African-Americans, Negroes, we weren't African-Americans then, we were colored people and Negroes and some other words back then that we don't use anymore. Um, actually protested, died, went to jail, and uh, were lynched, killed, murdered viciously for the right to vote. So if you were in this country and you were not exercising your right to vote, I get it, I hear, uh, I don't see, I don't know, I don't like any of them, politicians, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you don't like any of the politicians, then you run, or you get somebody to run and you support them. But you really have a responsibility to exercise your democratic um, right to vote and vote and find out what you're voting for. And along with these positions, so the Secretary of State is the person, the office that decides where you get to vote, where the ballot boxes are, and has to go along with certain statutes to make sure that within um, the law that there's the opportunity for everybody to vote, whether it's mail-in or it's automatic registration, all that stuff. Uh, the treasurer, that's the money for the state. Auditor, that's the person that looks after the money in the state. Representatives in Congress, counselor, senator in general court, representatives in general court, district attorney. District attorney this time around was so contentious. It got gully between the people that were going for that office. Sheriff, district attorney, what does it take to lock somebody up and keep them in there in the sentences? Sheriff, you're locked up, and this person is, re is um, responsible for what happens when you get locked up. And so those are the positions. There's also four questions that are on the ballot. Question number one, additional tax on income over $1 million. Question number two, 
the regulation of dental insurance. If you've got teeth, hopefully you have some insurance. If you don't, you may not have your teeth much longer. Ex uh, question number three, expanded availability of licenses for the sale of alcoholic beverages. And question number four, which is why is that not on here? This is not in this book, but I know question number four is the right for people who are undocumented um, residents, because they're not citizens, to be able to get licenses, to be able to drive. It's not in this book, which is really kind of funky. But um, wait a minute, let me look, let me look. Maybe it's on page 18. Me don't think so. Oh, no. But I know that that's on there. And that's question number four. So if you've been watching television or anything in social media, there's been uh, lobbies for each one of these questions on both sides of these questions. You don't, tomorrow is the voting day. For those of you who Google stuff, Google that. Google who is in office. Um, if you're a super voter like myself, and a super voter is someone who votes all the time. I vote every election, whether it's a primary, a preliminary, a special election, every election. So I get all this stuff in my mailbox. They call me, they text me, they email me, they drop stuff in my mailbox. And there are some people, and I'm also a, a delegate, a Democratic delegate in Ward 18, the largest delegate in the state of Massachusetts. There's over 53 of us, I think. Wow. And so, um, you know, Ed, I know you are politically connected. You and I talk about this all the time. You don't want, do you want to weigh in on this election? Well, I, one thing I would say is, while it may not be as intense here in the community as, say, the last elections were, and recently we had a special election where we had a state senate seat filled for the, here in the community of Boston, and obviously we had some other seats that were up just over the past uh, year that really had a lot of media attention. That doesn't mean that we should take our foot off the pedal and not pay attention to these elections that are happening tomorrow night. The fact that you just mentioned that we are about to get a new governor for the first time in eight years. That is a big deal. Who is sort of driving the ship that we call Massachusetts? And you just mentioned we have, it's also history making. First time ever, two women will be at the helm. And one governor, openly gay. And one openly gay. Two women will be at the helm of a state. That has not happened in the country's history where the lieutenant governor and the governor are women. So that's something to keep an eye out for. And of course, there are other races going on as well that can funnel down and impact our community right now from district, from um, attorney general. And these questions that you just mentioned, a lot of times you see the questions on TV because the advocates or the folks against these, they always line up these questions on TV. So you almost get a point to the point where you say, well, if I vote yes, am I actually voting no? Well, if I would know, actually voting yes, because they like to play with the words. I think what you just did, Sharon, is very important by going through each one and mentioning what's happening. When you get to the ballot, pay attention to these questions. And as you just said, of course, voting is so important. And also, of course, tomorrow night is going to be a very dramatic night state, um, uh, nationwide, because obviously we're all going to be keeping our eyes on what happens with the Senate Georgia. and Congress. Georgia, Georgia, Pennsylvania. I mean, for those of you, like anyone Stacey doesn't Abrams, know, Stacey but Abrams. as you know, the Democrats currently hold the Senate and they hold the Congress. And both parties, both houses are up for grabs. The Senate could easily flip to the Republicans, as could the Congress. And please remember, that has a huge bearing on what's going to happen over the next two years under Biden and, of course, 
what may or might happen with the next presidential race. And so those people who have student debt, student loan debt, um, is being held up in some states by the Republicans. Absolutely. So that can flip if you've got more Absolutely. Democrats who are all for it. Absolutely. And we had the big Roe v. Wade turnover that happened this year. You'd think that was bad, believe me. And there are people trying to roll back affirmative action. And that's another good point. The Supreme Court, which is already top-heavy on the conservative side, has already looked at cases like affirmative action. And as you said, they're starting to slowly flip and pull back the curtains on what they think is wrong in terms of affirmative action. And this is only after it's been in place. For oh, just it's during our lifetime. During our lifetime. During yet our already lifetime. they want, yet, yet so again, so you juxtapose that over the centuries of what African Americans and other people of color have gone through. No, 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 wait, 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 stop. African Americans have gone through in this country. You juxtapose who have that. also fought for everyone. Absolutely, you juxtapose that against wanting to suddenly roll back affirmative action after just, again, maybe 50 years at best. It just, it's just something to keep an eye out. So, It's more well, to keep an eye out. We gotta, you gotta vote. Gotta, you gotta vote. And the bottom line is we have to vote. Um, so again, my point is that while these may not be as colorful as some of the sexy. previous elections we had, and sexy as the previous elections we had, it's very important to pay attention to what happens tomorrow night because believe me, you wake up on Wednesday, this country could be an entirely different place. Or it could just be more or transparent be more about what has been all along. Absolutely, but the powers that, you know, the Senate and the Congress, they do, they have the, there's a president, but if the president has the Senate and the Congress on his side, the ship is a lot easier to sail. A president can really be a lame duck if for the last two years he has to go up against the Senate and the Congress. That like President opposed. Obama. Yeah, like President Obama. And we just don't need to see more of that. And no. blocking Supreme Court. Because the Supreme Court is still getting older. Absolutely. And there's going to be Supreme Court appointments. Absolutely. And Biden was the one who appointed the first black woman That's right. to the Supreme Court. That's right. As opposed That's right. to Obama. That's right. Who wanted to. But he couldn't. But, you know, it's funny. Obama especially in that last year, the Republicans told him, no, during the last year of your presidency, you, you can't put anyone well, well, in the Supreme Court. Once they, they said once he got in, we're never, never going to let you do anything. I cannot to this day believe that the first thing I heard out of Mitch McConnell's mouth when Obama took office was, our role is to be against everything he does. Everything he said that, he does. Everything he does. And that was the first, that was the day after the election. And they carried that for eight years. So there's a lot to pay attention to tomorrow night, not just on a local level, but nationwide. So. And if it flips to the Republican side, they're still talking about bringing back Donald Trump in 2024. Well, let me tell you, Donald Trump is out there and he's, I'm sure he may, have, he may or may not have his mind made up, but his mind will definitely be made up if the Republicans capture the Senate and the House tomorrow night, because that will make things a lot easier for him. I've heard that one of the first things they're gonna do was if they do take over, they're going to um, just break up that whole January 6th investigation. They're going to just do away with that. There's even, there's even rumblings that they may want to impeach Joe Biden just to get back at the fact that Donald Trump was impeached. Well, so. there's evidence. There's plenty of evidence to, to actually put the first president of the United States in prison, in jail, indict him. Well, and he's been commanded to actually provide testimony. He has. But if it flips, if it flips the Republicans and GOP will is, block that. All of that will, be go, will just go away. So before we get to um, commemorating our friends, yeah. friends, uh, friends, plural, yeah. because it's yeah. two people yeah. um, in Red House and the band, let's talk about the press conference that you were involved in sure. and the state of emergency that's been called um, yeah. regarding the violence that's happening in certain neighborhoods yeah. in Boston. Yeah. Um, this is a Monday. Yesterday, there were seven shootings within an hour, yeah. hour and a half. 
amazing. Uh, Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan, Hyde Park. Yeah. Predominantly people of color. Absolutely. And the youngest person that had a gun was a seven-year-old <laughs> in the Boston Public Schools. Unbelievable. God bless him. He didn't shoot anybody. But uh, the people that are being gunned down and murdered right. are young. And the, uh, then there's the incident that happened in Franklin Park with Gene our McGuire. beloved Jean McGuire, 91 years old, Absolutely. sexually assaulted and stabbed repeatedly, walking her dog in Franklin Park. So, um, and you were involved in the press conference yesterday. Tell yeah, us about that. I was there, and it was uh, quite a sight. Uh, Kevin Peterson, Reverend Kevin Peterson, and the New Democracy Coalition gathered with some members of clergy from in and around the Boston area and held a press conference. And there was a meeting held last week in uh, Dorchester, right at the area where that horrible shooting happened at the barbershop. And what came out of that meeting was ideas. So there might be something put on the table that people could actually put their hands around or feel. It's because not that words are powerful, but actions, something that needs to be shown that people can do. So born out of that meeting led into this press conference because of what happened in the South End. And it was at that press conference it was announced that the clergy at this press conference wanted to move forward with asking folks to consider a curfew, a self-imposed curfew. For 13 curfew. and under. 13 and under in the house by 10 o'clock. Let's be clear. Yeah. The 13 and under are not the ones who've been doing the shooting. Absolutely. But the, the, the idea here is let's keep our children safe by having 13, because 13 and under, I think while the 13 is still a teenager, they're still our children. So at the very least, and again, this is nothing that can be mandated or enforced. It's just the idea that if a 13-year-old... Well, it can if the mayor well, and the governor... And that's another thing. It's not... These folks, the New Democracy Coalition and others, aren't... Since they don't feel that enough is being done, they're going to go ahead and do some things that normally you depend on state government or, or uh, city government to do. But we're, we're, we're very intelligent. We are very self-sufficient. We know how we feel. We feel what's going on. We don't have to wait for somebody to tell us we should or should not do this. We can't make anyone do anything, but we at least can present ideas. And there's a meeting Wednesday? There's a meeting Wednesday. It's going to be at the gallery in Nubian Square. Uh, that's the gallery that's right on Washington Street. And that will be Is the that second. Is that the Black Market Gallery? That's, that's right across from okay. um, the, the uh, Haley, House. Haley House. And that would be Wednesday night at 6 p.m. That will be the third, the second of three meetings. There's going to be a third in Mattapan location to be announced. But if you live in the Roxbury area or if you live anywhere in these communities that are affected by this horrible wave of crime, uh, 6 p.m. Wednesday night at the gallery right there in Nubian Square on Washington Street. And I was at the first meeting, and I was very proud and happy to see 125 concerned citizens. No politicians. We're not even asking law enforcement. The doors are closed, and it's just concerned citizens who live in these areas to voice their concern, Talk, we talked in different groups about trauma, education, public service, public safety, and so forth. Went into groups that people vent, let people, people present ideas. The whole idea of the curfew came out of that meeting last week. So it's a good example of our community coming together and doing something to help and protect ourselves instead of waiting for city government or uh, state government to do it. We can come up with our own solutions. So I was extremely proud to see those citizens come up with this. It was a very proud moment for me. And again, something tangible and concrete instead of just, well, here we are again. Let's say we're here we are again, but this is what we plan on doing about being here again. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so on another level, yeah. giving you information to build a nation, 
And so that's what we do here at BNN Media. There's all sorts of um, information, cultural affairs, um, action items. There's church. There's all sorts of programming that we have here. And instead of just being a spectator, you can actually become a producer. Go to bnnmedia.org. Google it. You Google everything else. Google that, and you can go through some workshops here. And for a very small um, amount for a membership, you can become a member here and a producer here and learn how to work all the cameras and the audio and the graphics and the computers and stuff like that. So what I want to do right now, because we were talking about um, some intense stuff, yeah. Yeah. is mm -hmm. recognize some people that have passed yeah, that I know of. Yeah. Um, in the last oof, few months, um, those of you that know that I'm an educator, yeah. um, we've been burying young people. Yeah. And not always from violence, but it's like cancer and heart attacks and strokes. I'm talking about young people, people in their 30s. And I think, this is a theory, I don't have any research to back it up, but the years, um, the three years, and we're still in COVID, by the way, the three years that hospitals and everything shut down, the regular... Um, routine kinds of things you would do to maintain your health sure. or going to visits to discover something Absolutely. hasn't been done. Right. That on top of the trauma of what we're dealing with, because we were already in a strange situation anyway, before we went into the pandemic. Right. And then those people that were essential workers, those people that were on the front lines, teachers, um, were taxed with doing stuff in addition to what they were already doing. Um, teachers had to learn remote learning, try to do that, try to keep in touch with people, <clears throat> excuse me. So there has been a decrease in learning. There's been a huge learning loss over these sure. past three years. Some people have said and estimated there was 10 years of learning lost over these three years. Wow. And so you've got people who have who've graduated, people who have um, graduated from high school, from college. Um, there right now are teachers that are missing out of Boston Public Schools. I mean, there are... Uh, vacancies in key areas, science, mathematics, things that our kids are going to be tested on in order to graduate and or get into college. So I'm a huge advocate of technical vocational education. Shout out to the People's Academy in Dorchester. Too much talent, T. Michael Thomas, you need to hit him up. Um, you can get an excellent living, earn an excellent living and have no student debt. You hear me? And so I recently went to the student debt um, conference, I guess it was, presentation that was at Grove Hall with uh, Ayanna Presley and Elizabeth Warren. Yep. And, um, you know, so we went there and that was um, interesting. I'm one of those people that has student debt. My daughter has student debt. And so I went there to try to find out what it is. Um, you can still apply for a student debt, but the public service loan um, forgiveness, that ended October 31st. Mm -hmm. So you can't apply for that. So if you worked as a fireman, policeman, a teacher, a nurse, and something like that, you could have applied for. And you should probably still put your name in the queue. Yeah. Because of the, the GOP and there's courts that are holding up this stuff, still try to apply for it. Still get your name in. And it's studentaid.gov. So go in there, Google that too. And you can, it's pretty, that particular part about the studentaid.gov you can get $10,000 to up to $20,000 of your student loan forgiven. So I encourage everybody to do that. So here's the stuff you need to do while we go to our break. Because on the break, we're going to take a big transition to listening to the wonderful music and the legacy of Red House. 
our friend Jay Scott and his brother. Ronnie Lee. Ron Lee mm -hmm. Scott. Yep. They're gone, but their music is still here. This is on another level. We're bringing you to there. Are you going to go with us and stay with us? We'll be right back. One morning soon, my Lord, one morning soon, I heard angels singing. Mind out, my brother, how you walk. flashbacks y'all <laughs> I've been in this business for a long <laughs> long time Edwin and I were just talking about just our journey yeah. in music and yeah. um, some of this stuff is painful so I don't know what's going on right now but I like it let me let me tell you what's happening in Boston so Emmett Till movie is out Black Adam is out yes it is um, Wakanda Forever is about to come about out, to come out. <laughs> um, there's a play it's the last few days that uh, Joe Turner's come and gone at the Huntington Theater that's out until the 13th it's amazing amazing August Wilson um, black playwright um, I was at the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum mm. and this wonderful play well it wasn't just a play it was like um, an audience interaction with um, spoken word and singing and everything. And um, that was at Isabella 
Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. For those of you who live in Boston, there's plenty of stuff that we have here, and right. we don't go because we live here. Right. It's like being in New York. You know, do you go to the? That's right. You don't. You don't. Statue of Liberty is like there. It is. You know, but so there's so many things that are happening now. And then there was Drum Folk, that was Step Africa, and the Cutler Museum. This was all in the space of like a month sure. or so. Sure. And um, to be honest with you, <laughs> my daughter and I went to Atlanta. And so going down on the plane, people were like, hey, how y'all doing? Coming back, going to Boston, it was like this chill. You could tell <laughs> why Boston still has that yeah. title of most racist place in the, in the country, although it's not the most racist place, but it's just that you don't expect it here. Right. So there's Mississippi and there's Mississippi. And finally, <laughs> um, I was sitting right behind um, Dr. Bernice King, wow. Reverend Martin Luther King's daughter, one of his daughters, and she at Bunker Hill Community College. So there are speaker series going on. Sure. There's cultural events going on. Good point. Um, it's hard to keep up. You were talking about Perk Franklin at last, last night. Exactly. And this, I'm glad you're bringing all this up, Sharon. This well done because there are times I'm on this big thing about how the African American community, especially Dorchester, Roxbury, Mattapan, South End. We don't sometimes seem to be a part of Boston, but you're right. Those events that go on in this city, we have to go to, we should go to, and we will go to. You just mentioned Kurt Franklin. The Boston Garden was packed last night with a lot of folks who looked just like you and I, who had a great time because there was a great concert by a great artist at uh, the Boston Garden. All those events you just mentioned, they're all accessible to us, and we've got to make sure that we take advantage of all the things that go on in the city. We may be residents of Dorchester, Roxbury, and Mattapan, but we're as much the a part of Boston. Exactly. We're as much a part of Boston as Back Bay. More so. It, more <laughs> Back we built Bay, it. everything. We built we are this. Of, we are just as much a part of Boston as the rest of Boston, and Boston does have a lot to offer. Also, my friend and colleague, I've known her even longer than you, if you can believe it, since teenage, <laughs> Aqua Holmes, who was a phenomenal artist. So she had a presentation, uh, an installation at the uh, Museum of Fine Arts. Sure. There we go. And, um, and then also another friend of mine, Wyatt Jackson, they had a presentation at the I Strand. Wyatt, sure. And so I'm feeling like, okay, Boston, yes. hey. And then um, st st the uh, drum folk was actually sponsored by Black in Boston. Nice. So I got to give shout you know, Sheena Collier, yeah. I got to give shout outs to young people, because y'all are younger than me, <laughs> that are coming up and actually picking up the mantle on the backs of and on the shoulders of elders. Yes. And which we know we still have some elders here that we need to keep in our prayers. Mel King is still here. Yeah. 94. He just had a birthday. His wife wow. just had a birthday. Joyce. Joyce yeah. So we have I mean, we have um, the politicians that are still here. Absolute. Charles Yancey. Yancey. He's not quite as old as that, but um, and he looks great. Yeah. And so we have politicians that are still here. Uh, Park 54, which is a restaurant in Hyde Park mm -hmm. that is um, named after the 54th Infantry. You yep. know that movie Glory? Yep. Well, that was. Um, located in Hyde Park. So this black history all around us, and I have to give a shout out to my brother, Joel McCall. This brother is bad, bad, bad. He has been doing walking tours from Faneuil Hall for years. Sure. Yeah. And it's the hidden uh, history of yeah. black Boston. Yeah. So there are people, and then there's also Frugal Bookstore. That's right. So we've got brother Egerton that's down there, Frugal Bookstores in, you know, what is Nubian Square with very few Nubians, <coughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> And also in terms of the action, there are other groups that are um, organizing around safety in our community. Right. I attended a Franklin Park Coalition Zoom meeting that had over 194 people on it. There we go. Right after what happened to, to Queen 
Jean McGuire, and I have to call her queen. Absolutely. She was um, one of the major architects of um, METCO. Once METCO was formed, my father was one of the architects, um, along with Ellen Jackson and Ruth Batson, of Operation Exodus, which became METCO. So there are people that are history makers in around us, and there are young people like Carrie Mays, uh, Brianna Miliora, who's working for the mayor, um, Shagun Idowo. So there, we have people here. So in the, in the gloom and doom of what you see with people getting shot and murdered, there is a, a huge surge of people. Shout out to Kamani James, who is now at Columbia as a sophomore, who was a student representative on the Boston School Committee. There are young people that need to be encouraged, need to be mentored. I've been doing it for years. And this recent funeral that I went to this weekend of a former friend, former son of mine, like a spiritual son of mine, Devin Phillip, son of Grenada, um, 38, passed away. And the people that came out for this young man is just incredible. incredible. So we need to celebrate people while they're here, Absolutely. whether they are nine months, nine years, or 90 plus. Yeah. Um, and now in this celebration, this vein of celebration, Red House. Yeah. Tell us about Red House before we see this clip. Sure, sure. Well, Jay and Ron Scott, uh, I'll talk, tell the story as it happened to me. I was working in 1984 at a shoe store in downtown, and every day I'd see this guy walk by carrying a guitar on his back, and a black guy with a guitar, and one day I just had to stop him. And I said, hey, hey, man, uh, my name's Ed. I see you with your guitar every day. You must be in a band, right? We rehearse every night. He said to me, no, I just like carrying my guitar. <laughs> that was Jay. That was Jay. We started a conversation. We would talk intensely about music. And then one day, and right away I could tell, wow, this is unlike anyone I've ever met before. The way he dressed, the way he talked, the way he looked at you when he spoke, his kindness. And he invited me over his house to meet his brother and to see him play. And we walk, in, walk into his place right on um, Spoilson Street in JP. The door opens, and within five minutes after meeting his brother, I said, oh my god, there's two of them. They were it was so much alike. Jay played guitar, his brother played bass. They both played for me, right in front of me. And when they finished playing, I said, man, I don't play anything, I don't sing, but we gotta start a band. And Jay said, I already have a name for the band, Red House. And we became, incredibly with me as the lead singer for the first couple of years, one of the few, in fact, I didn't come across too many rock bands at the time. We played Bun Ratties, The Rat, we played all those clubs that were dominated by white bands. But I gotta tell you, Jay was a kind of soul, and Ron, kind of gentle, sweet souls, where that really never truly came across as mattering. All that mattered is the way we played, the camaraderie we had with the other musicians, and as a result, Jay taught me a lot, not just about music, but he taught me a lot about humanity and decentness and just being a wonderful person. I would go on to write so many songs with Jay, and helped produce the first album and work with Ron. And they just were such wonderful people. And there was so, they were so loved throughout the music community here in Boston. And I mean, I truly, truly loved. And unfortunately, Jay took ill five years ago. And two and a half years into his illness, his brother Ron died. And that was just devastating to everyone, especially Jay. And just this past September, we lost Jay. Thus ending a legacy of two brothers who were just amazing musicians, but even if they weren't, they would be missed because of the kind of people they were. They're oh, wonderful human beings. Wonderful and human so beings. And Sharon, you come into the story because, <laughs> as you do, because of course, I gotta throw this in, because 
I'm working on Sharon's program on Cablevision called Soundcheck backstage, back behind the scenes. And it was a music show where we had people come in and so forth. And at the time, I had just started working with Ron and Jay. So I go to Sharon and I say, Sharon, I have these guys who have been working with music and it's a black rock band. And can we come on the show? And you said yes. And incredibly out of that, we had our first television appearance on your show. That was the first one? That was the first time we oh, were wow. on TV. And that was 34 years ago. We were on your show. I'm not that old. I should not. You're still, that's right. It's not the age, it's the mileage. And, it's just a, and you would always be such a supporter and become a friend of Jay's, of course, along the line. And obviously, you know what you mean to me. So it's just uh, uncanny that here we are 34 years later. And there's a big event coming up honoring the life of Jay Scott Henderson at Spontaneous Celebrations, which was like our second home. We probably did a dozen shows there. And it's uh, this coming Saturday. That's going to be September, tw um, November 12th from 5 to 11. It's going to be one half memorial service, the second half concert with plenty of music. We have the K.O. Sto Stone Still Here Band, uh, Greg Perry and the Strangeberries. We're even reforming the Red House Band with the members who are still here, like myself. Yes, I'm going to sing for the first time in over 30 years. And we have so many individual performances in between. Someone's going to do a Native American performance because Jay was so into his Native American roots. If somebody's going to play the flute, we have people who are going to do gospel. His family's coming up from both Atlanta and New Jersey. He has a, a dear cousin here, Renee Strong, who's a pastor and uh, evangelist, and she's actually going to sing. And he has this. Well, hold on now. Yeah, they're all going to be. talking about this. We want to see a yeah. performance. This is from years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was different technology, absolutely it different was. technology. So let's take a look at, um, and, and Janine Spinola. Janine Spinola. She was, I had four co-hosts. That's right. Um, and Janine Spinola was one of them. And she actually, we're not going to show the whole interview, yeah. but this was Soundcheck on Cablevision in Boston, Soundcheck, Brookline, Red and House Red House. Is, Red House's first appearance on TV. Thank you so much, Sharon. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and has two brothers and a drummer. I'd like each one of you to introduce yourselves with, and we'll begin with... I'm Jay Scott, mm -hmm. Red House, Foster Grace Band. And? Ron Scott, Bass. And last we have... My name is Daniel. Now you have a... Uh, the name of your group is Red House. Tell me how you got that name. Well, actually, like, Red House was thought about, um, for one, because of a uh, blues record by Jimi Hendrix. Then two, for second thought that it was like in the old days, um, Negro Americans um, really didn't have many places to go for entertainment. They were really limited. So they frequently went to house functions, which were known as fish flags. And people like Muddy Waters and Sun House mm -hmm. and all these guys would show up, you know, and play and would have a good time. And that's how, you know, black musicians really have survived in the old days. Now, Ron, were you, uh, was it a collaboration of the two of you deciding on your name, Red House? Or? Yes. It was. And tell me. I decided that I liked it. Okay. You both are self taught. Yes. Who played the instrument first? I didn't know. He did that? <laughs> about four years before I did. So, so was it from Jay's playing that you decided to play? Somewhat. Yeah. I was always interested in like playing an instrument, but he helped me along. Wow, and that's really good. Actually, first I started playing rhythm guitar. I've been doing that for about 10 years, and within the last five years, I've been playing bass. Now, Django, we kind of know one another because you played in a, a band 
prior to joining Red House. Mm -hmm. um, what do you feel? How is it different from playing the Billion Giants and playing Rock and Roll? Um, I, don't, I don't see it too much. I mean, obviously there's a big difference, but when you're behind the drum set playing, I've been exposed to so many different styles of music since I was a child, but it just comes out as music. You know, whatever, whatever I hear, I react to. So really, I don't feel a difference. It's just... You've known the band. You've known Jay and Ron for years. Through that years' work of meeting and knowing one another, do you feel that that has influenced the two of you? Or the two of you have influenced your drumming? Um, it goes both ways. Yeah. We feed off of each other. Yeah, we feed off right. each other. I'm always hungry. Hungry <laughs> <laughs> for what? For a label deal? Or what would you like to see yourself go? What would I like to see myself go? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a big thought, you know. But actually, when I really think about where I would like to see myself go, I'd like to go a lot of places, you know, to try and bring a message, you know, I usually try and keep a message in the music. And people, I feel people really need that, so I'd like to go as many places as I can, I'd like to see the world. You perform a lot of original music and of that original music, because some of that comes from dreams. Who is the songwriter? Well, we are right here. We are. But lately, he's been good enough with uh, a lot of ideas. Yeah, I've been the one who's been the bubbly one. I guess okay. you could say. Well, you're going to listen now. We're going to take your bubbles and all the good things that Django, Ronnie J, and we're going to get some of your music. Thank you for joining us at Soundcheck. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. All right. So um, yeah. that's a, just a little bit, little yeah. bit yeah. of Red House. Um, and there's other music and everything. Yeah. We will, um, there's a, there's a <laughs> at the beginning of the show, we started with a live performance. Yeah. At the, um, and then you see this piece right here. There's another piece that we have that's a sound cloud. It's yeah. a lot clearer. So what I was saying before this piece is that the technology sure. changed sure. so incredibly. It and really has. Um, even when you're, dubbing something and copying something like at that time we had cutting edge sound and cutting edge video and then when you're transferring and sure. you're trying to archive stuff Absolutely. it gets lost in translation um and we've only got 10 more minutes yep. to the show so before we before we talk a little bit more about the the what is it celebrations what Ce is it? a spontaneous celebration spontaneous celebration yep. celebration yep. and memorial um this piece is called Misty, and you actually were one of the writers of this, yeah, right? Yeah, when, when Ron and Jay and I started the Red House Band in the early 80s, we were really serious about doing, researching as much as we can about the songwriting process. We actually got copyrights from the Library of Congress and signed our names to it. And one of the first four songs we did, we had just an idea for an instrumental, and the name to call, we decided to call it Misty. 
And it's the one song that we did get requests to have it played on the radio, and people really love the song. Whenever we, we do a concert, people would yell, play Misty for me. And, and Ron that's and Jay also are a movie. Yeah, exactly, but from the movie. And I got to say, Ron and Jay were both extraordinary musicians. They played rock, they played blues, they could play anything. But on this song, and I'm so proud we got this crystal clear recording, which, by the way, we recorded in Roxbury. Um, Hold on. So let's listen to yeah, this. So here it is. This is Misty. This is Misty, and you'll see some of the photographs. Yeah, and you see some nice pictures of Jay. And, and us. That's eerie, that is knowing something. that they're not here anymore. It is so eerie knowing that both of those brothers are not here. But now let's talk about some of the time that we had, because oh, we got a few pictures yeah, of me yeah, and you. We've oh. been doing this for a while now. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> EPMD. So Ashley, Ashley, my my director, my crew. Yeah. I got to give a shout out to Ralph. Yeah. yeah. Ralph hey, there Cook. it is. There, oh, that's the night. The night. That's me. That's the night you made me, Sharon. That's the night you introduced me to the media. EPMD, <laughs> rap group EPMD, and then some. There's some of the photographs we have here. <laughs> I think I got one of you. No, we've got the, a yeah, bunch got, of them. I got one of you. There you are in the studio. There you are. That was the studio was, downtown, yep. City yep. Place Studio. That's right. With my friend, my favorite Jamaican, Radcliffe Angus, right. who was right. the manager of engineering. That's you at the helm. And then there's some other photographs we have of you and. Yeah. That was the fight, and you still have that fight. Still got the fight going on. Yes, it's true. The Red Sox have now had 21 straight years of concerts, over 100 in concerts. And 21 years of concerts, or 110 shows, and not one show has been headlined by somebody who looks like me. Okay, so let's look at some more history. <laughs> Moving on, I digress. <laughs> look at, I, we're going to get angry about too much stuff. Yeah. Well, because of Darren Sharon... White. Hold up. Yeah. Can, everybody doesn't... And that's WILD. I worked that's at WILD. That's WILD with Rudy Darton. And, and, you know, Rudy that big Darton. smile on my face again, my ability to work at a newspaper and work at WILD and do interviews and stand next to Barry White. A lot of it's because and I had a lot of confidence. Yeah. Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. Amazing. Amazing. Talk about somebody artist. who still should be here. That guy, 
He was a triple he threat. Brother, he could do everything. And his brother. Acting, acting singing. Acting, singing, dancing. Jody Watley. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. looking for, looking for a, a new love. love. I'm actually friends with her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Natalie Cole. The only time I ever was ever nervous because of how much her father meant to my mother Nat and father. Cole. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she said to me, don't be nervous. I'm a UMass girl. <laughs> <laughs> The Queen. Now that picture, I can't tell. I can't mention without saying, you're the reason why I got that picture. Why? Because we were at the Earth Day. We were at the it's Earth Day. Sharon Hinton took the whole we BNN the only crew, black crew, the only black crew, up to Foxborough yeah. Stadium, yeah. and we shot Earth Day, the very first Earth Day. And Queen Latifah, along with Jesse Jackson, some others, were so happy to see an Jesse all black Jackson, crew. Jesse Jackson, Jackson Brown, right. Maxie Priest. KRS-One. Um, KRS, KRS-One KRS One. interviewed us before MTV. That's, look at that. They look made that. MTV wait. That's right. Ha- so happy to see an all-black film crew led by you going up there. I remember we had somebody climbing the... the there was the, somebody in the Jumbotron. The we had like four <laughs> cameras. We had somebody in the Jumbotron, somebody in the stage. We had somebody in the press yep. tent in the back. And then we had somebody who was mobile that was watching. I had a microphone talking to Jesse Jackson. I never in my wildest dreams would, accept, would have thought that, but that's because... Like and the said, only one interview the only was one, with us. And only one with us. And the cops were <laughs> trying to block trying to, us. Trying to block us. You know what's going in there? Now, Jesse made sure that he saw you and that crew you had up there. Because his people said, we're getting ready to move. Yep. We're, not giving, we're doing the press and tent. And the only individual interview right. we're doing is with you. That's right. When we move, that's you right. move. That's and when right. he moved, we move. And then the cops that's came up right. and was like, no, no, no. We're, we're with and them. The, <laughs> and this is in the 80s, Sharon. That was, a, that was an amazing achievement because that place was packed. There's it was. Tens of thousands of people. And we were the only African-American film crew up there. That was a great, great day. So I've got pictures somewhere. Yeah, yeah. With all these people. We were the only, we were the only film, we were the black film crew. That's right. With Nelson Mandela and Winnie Mandela. That's right. Nelson and Winnie came came into um, Madison Madison Park. At Madison Park. That's right. And um, had to get the passes and had to get clearance and all that. And when I met um, Reverend, well, Reverend Doctor, because she is Bernice King, I had met her older sister, Yolanda King, nice. and Adela Shabazz, Malcolm X's Malcolm oldest X's daughter, yep. because I was at uh, WRBB, and they wanted someone to open up wow. for the play. And that play was the play that those two iconic women of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X did together, and I was backstage talking to them. Wow. So when you look at the wow. history... that's something, yeah. And yeah. I've, I've, I've interviewed martial artists... Uh, Samuel Hung and um, what's the with the freckles? What's his name? Um, oh Jesus, the the I can't even think of his name. I've interviewed so many people. Stevie <laughs> Wonder. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we did. We interviewed uh, Jeffrey Holder, yeah. who's the Uncola Man, um, the Ha sure, Ha Ha, sure, ha, ha and yeah. Stephanie Mills, Stephanie and, Mills and Prince. We were backstage with Prince wow. and Vanity Six. And that was the tour that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis quit. Quite, quite got fired because they, they went to do the thing with SOS Band. They went band. to do their own thing. Yeah, so so we have band, somebody sure. around here has pictures yeah. of me <laughs> with Stokely Carmichael, Kwame Ture down DC, and, and Bob Marley and the Whalers and Dick Gregory. So I've never been one to take photographs of people, but I'm in places where they're taking well, photographs. Those are extraordinary achievements. And again, doing it with Chaka local Khan. papers, not like you had channels 5, 4, 7, no. 56, 38 behind you. You galvanized a team of black folk, amazing got together, people. got a team, and got access to these folks. And that was, that's amazing, Sharon. Relentless. That's, that's great. Um, right. Relentless. <laughs> so we have, we have four more, three, three, about three more minutes left. Sure. Let's talk about spontaneous celebrations. Yeah, well, once again, uh, Jay Scott Henderson, he, we did lose Jay on September 4th after a long battle with illness. And I got to say that, you know, the last five years of Jay's life were particularly difficult. And at some point, Jay was wheelchair bound. But 
That didn't stop Jay from going out and playing. But I want to say this, and that is, this is very important. A big part of the reason why Jay kept going wasn't just to play. It's also because of the friendships he had and how much it meant for him to be around his friends. And I know it meant just as much equally for his friends to be around him. So it really was a mutual love affair with so many people. And the first couple hours, it's going to be a very organic celebration of Jay's life where people can get up and share for a few moments about Jay. And we'll have a little break because we're going to have plenty of refreshments. Some, everyone who wants to bring a dish can to share. And then from 8 to 11, it turns into a concert. And again, K.O. Stone, Still Here Band will play. That's a great band. It's one of Jay's favorite bands in the city. But also, that band has a few of his childhood friends in it, people he knew longer than me back into the 70s. They're in that band, so they're going to be doing a full set of music. So, so give the date again. The date again is this Saturday, November 12th. Spontaneous celebration, 45 Danforth Street, JP. Music, good food, good times. See, hear, get to hear me sing, which I haven't done in over 30-something years. And I've never heard you sing. You've I'm been on the radio with me, TV, I and have. I've never, I never even knew you I sing. tell you, it's hard, it's hard for me to believe, but well, I've been trying. We're going to show up on Saturday if he can really sing. And I just want to quickly say, again, Jay has a cousin, a Renee Strong. She's really been so important of okay, taking care of so much. So i got to thank her so much again, Renee, and good job. And to my team who worked on this program, this project, I'm so proud of you all. Okay. Come on so, up. Now we're wrapping up. Yep. Thank you for being here. It goes by so quickly. We couldn't does. take any phone calls. I'm your host, Sharon Hinton. Thank you so much. Thank you, Edwin my queen Sumter. of all media. <laughs> so we're going to leave you with Misty and information and vote. Vote, yes. vote, vote. Thank you for being here. Take care of yourselves and each other. If you see something, say something, but do something. God bless you.